We're recording this on the 15th anniversary of the announcement of the iPhone. The iPhone revolutionized the software world. Today we'll talk about why it was such a big deal. Welcome to Copec Explained Software, the podcast where we make computing intelligible. Sorry, I have a little bit of a sick voice today, so that might come into the podcast. We also have an announcement before we start. We're actually going to be moving the podcast to a bi-weekly schedule. For our first 82 episodes, we published a new episode every week, but we've actually run out of topics that I can easily do with minimal research. So we want to make great episodes for you, so we need to do more in-depth research, so we need more time to produce our episodes. So we're going to be moving from a weekly schedule for Copec Explained Software to a bi-weekly schedule where a new episode will come out every other week on Monday morning. So Rebecca, today we're talking about the iPhone. That's right, and we're going to focus on the three ways the iPhone revolutionized the mobile phone industry and even the software industry. And let's start with that the iPhone is actually the first mobile phone that's running a desktop class operating system. That's right. Of course, there were many smartphones before the iPhone. The iPhone was not the beginning of smartphones. The BlackBerry was really at the height of its popularity when the iPhone came out. And there have been Palm OS and Windows-based devices that come out before it. And there was a whole history of smartphones going all the way back to the early 1990s. So we're not going to get into all of that history today. We're really just going to concentrate on what made the iPhone different from all of those devices that came before it and from the other contemporary devices of the time. And one of the big differentiating factors is that instead of starting with a small operating system and building it up for a phone, Apple started with a big operating system and trimmed it down for a phone. So they started with Mac OS X. They took Mac OS X, which at the time was a cutting edge operating system, really Mac OS still is, and they took parts out of it that didn't make sense on a phone. They refined the user interface. We're gonna get more into the user interface in a few minutes. They locked it down security wise, and they really took what nobody was expecting People were expecting them to build something that was more like the iPods. And in fact, internally to Apple, they had a competition. They had two different teams that had a sort of bake-off internally. One team took an iPod-oriented operating system and built a phone into it. And another team took Mac OS X, their operating system for Macs, and compressed it for the phone. And of course, we know how it played out. The Mac OS X-based operating system ended up being the winner. Now, Mac OS X we've covered on prior episodes that I'm going to link to in the show notes, but it has a long and rich history that goes all the way back to the late 1980s. It's actually a Unix-based operating system. It's a sophisticated, advanced operating system. It has features inherent to it and its Unix foundation that were not there in the BlackBerry or Palm or Windows mobile operating systems of the world at that time. So that was the first distinguishing characteristic of the iPhone. And Rebecca, I think you actually have a great quote from one of the co-CEOs of BlackBerry at the time. Yep, I do. Mike Lazaridis actually said, if this thing catches on, we're competing with a Mac, not a Nokia, which really captures the shift that the iPhone created. Absolutely. It came out of nowhere. The industry really wasn't expecting such a sophisticated operating system foundation. 
So the next aspect of the iPhone revolution is that it introduced multi-touch. What is multi-touch? Yeah, and this was actually the most important distinguishing characteristic of the iPhone and what really set it apart from all the other smartphones and devices in general that had come before it. Multi-touch is what we're used to today. It's the de facto standard user interface of devices. We use multiple fingers. We can make gestures on the screen. It's not that touch screens didn't exist before the iPhone. They most certainly did. They would typically use a stylus and you would typically touch one part of the screen at a time. The software and hardware was not capable of registering multiple touches at the same time and understanding gestures like pinch to zoom, we're all familiar with that gesture, or swiping. You couldn't really do that in the same way you can on a modern multi-touch device on any device before the iPhone. Now, Apple didn't invent multi-touch technology. They actually purchased a startup called Fingerworks in 2005 and they used the multi-touch technology that Fingerworks had developed to create the first iPhone user interface. But multi-touch revolutionized the way that we interact with our devices. It made them easier to use. It made them more natural. It even enabled a fully software keyboard. When the iPhone came out, the standard in smartphones was to have a little chiclet keyboard like most Blackberries had at the time. And when the iPhone was announced not having a hardware keyboard, people laughed at it. Business customers seriously considered not purchasing them because they thought the keyboard wouldn't be good enough to type out emails and type out text messages. But the iPhone's keyboard works so well because of multi-touch. If you could only very carefully type one key at a time, you would not be able to use multi-touch for a keyboard in the same way that Apple was able to successfully use it in the iPhone. But multi-touch is so much more than just allowing great software keyboards. It also enabled all these gestures that we're so familiar with. So multi-touch was revolutionary. No other smartphone had it. And it became standardized because actually Android switched over to it while still in development. The iPhone comes out in 2007. Android comes out in 2008. Until 2007, the folks at Google who were working on Android had been working on a BlackBerry-like operating system, expected to have a chiclet keyboard. They changed their focus before Android came out to be multi-touch because what the iPhone was doing was so revolutionary. We covered iOS versus Android on a previous episode that I'll link to in the show notes. But the main thing to know is that Android adopted multi-touch because of the iPhone. And now iOS and Android are the two dominant computing operating systems of the world, and they now both use multi-touch. So we wouldn't all be using multi-touch as we are in Android or iOS if it wasn't for the original iPhone. Another aspect of the iPhone revolution is that there's an app store. But when the iPhone first came out, the app store wasn't available. That's right. When the iPhone first came out, there actually was no app store. When the iPhone first came out, Steve Jobs told the audience, we're gonna have web apps. So you can build an app using web browser technology like HTML, CSS, JavaScript. It'll run on the iPhone and you can actually save it to your desktop as an icon. And that was the way people were gonna build apps. However, Mac developers who knew Mac OS X had been shrunk for the iPhone said, we wanna build apps too. We wanna build native apps, apps that are gonna be faster, apps that are gonna have more capabilities. And so Apple actually relented during the first year of the iPhone and said, okay, we're going to let Mac developers and other developers who are interested in learning build apps for the iPhone using similar technologies to what is used for building apps on the Mac. And they came out with the App Store a year after the iPhone originally launched. And this was actually a revolution in and of itself. Now, a very important thing that Apple was able to do when they created the original iPhone was steer away from being dominated by the carriers. 
most cell phone manufacturers prior to the iPhone were told by carriers, this is some of the features and capabilities that your phone must have, and here are some apps that must come pre-installed on it. And it's not that the app store on iOS was the first app store. There actually were app stores before that, both on desktops and also a lot of mobile ones done by the carriers, in fact. But they never got the wide array of quality apps that the original app store cultivated. And the reason the original app store was able to cultivate such a great set of apps was because it was not dictated by the carriers. Apple had positioned themselves with AT&T, which was the original launch carrier in the US, to be independent as much as possible. And also because the APIs were much richer. They were based on the APIs from Mac OS X. So the App Store was not revolutionary because it was the first App Store. It was revolutionary because of the quality of apps and the breadth of apps that it brought to the platform. You might remember Apple's old slogan, there's an app for that. It was really became the defining feature of the iPhone over its first few years. And I would say today, of course, we wouldn't want to use any phone that didn't have apps. So it's funny to think back when it launched, it didn't even have an app store. The iPhone's app store was the third important distinguishing characteristic of it. And when we talk about that, we really just mean how high quality and broad the set of apps that were available for it were. So those are our three distinguishing characteristics of the iPhone. Why when it launched 15 years ago, it was so special. The first is that it ran a desktop class operating system. The second is that it had multi-touch, and that's probably the most important aspect. That was the revolutionary aspect. That was the new user interface paradigm. And the third is the App Store, which launched a year later. There were other important things about the iPhone, but they weren't as important, in my opinion, as those three aspects. All right, thanks for listening to us this week. Rebecca, how can people get in touch with us on Twitter? We're at Kopec Explains. K-O-P-E-C-E-X-P-L-A-I-N-S. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in two weeks, starting on our new bi-weekly schedule. Bye.